every man at his best state is but vapor. Yeah. The greatest of men. You know, I think about these big potentates and emperors and, and these politicians that strut across the stage of life and, yes? Arnold shrunk. What? <laughs> They need to put that in every fitness (laughs) place where people got to work out. And I know you guys are godly and you do work out. They should just put it up on the wall, just those two words, Arnold Shrunk. (laughs) Bodily exercise profits little. He just, the grape went to a raisin. And and that's what's going to happen to all of us. You know, and every man in his best state, and Arnold was just the absolute best state you could get in when it comes to a physical body. Mm. But it's a it's a vain show. It's just a matter yeah. of time, and and so rather exercise yourself to godliness. So go to the gym, but and like you guys do, just exercise yourself to godliness because godliness with contentment is great gain. You guys very well know that I am a. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, don't touch my stuff. <laughs> this is my oh, here? stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Here I go. I'll go again. You guys very well know that I'm an extremely buff robust, masculine, manly guy. <sighs> Who are you talking about again? Who's extremely meek, <laughs> humble, and modest. But guys, today, I'm very broken. And I am at my wits end, and I am desperately in need of your help. Though there's a part of me that is suspicious that you guys are behind the nefarious plot that has been destroying my life. <laughs> there is somehow an app that got on my phone <laughs> that is called Christmas Music Radio. Oh, that's right. Every time I get into my car, this thing uh, no way. turns on. And I cannot for the life of me that's stop hilarious. it. Mark, oh. were you behind this? No, but I know what the cause is. Do you really? Yeah, I can figure it out for you. Do you know how to remedy it for yes. me? Oh, for forty nine ninety five, I can month. do it today. A month. <laughs> Keep for it off. Sixty nine oh, ninety five, I'll do it it's tomorrow. Driving me insane. Is that what happened? Yeah, I mean, I get in my car. <laughs> I get in my car, and Mark, you know, my car was your car, right? I bought it from you way back. You when. stole it from me. Yeah, I should have really. And I get in, and you know how it has that thing where it automatically plays. Yeah, from your. Uh, Playlist. (laughs) Three words. Sounds like two words. Whatever. And so, but but the annoying thing about it, and maybe you can help me with this. Easing's timing's not right because he's not wearing earphones. That's That's what it is. No, that's what it is. We'll get get into that, Ray. But Mark, I get in, and you know how it automatically starts playing your playlist? Yes. But first it's quiet, so I'll start driving, and then like 10 seconds later, and it's usually on loud because the other stuff I listen to, you got to go loud. So I'll just be driving. It's quiet. Jingle bells, jingle bells. <laughs> it's just Christmas music. Wow, you would have said that so loud if you were wearing headphones. Oh, oh, <laughs> you about, those of you watching, if you're watching this, and if listening. we posted this as a video, um, I don't wear headphones like these guys. Ain't nobody got time for that. We call him the diva. We say the yeah. podcast is three men in a diva. Yeah, it'll destroy the podcast. He also demands that uh, the temperature in here is six and a half, sixty-eight and a half uh, degrees. It cannot be a second higher, second. Hey guys, higher turn, turn up the temperature on the jacuzzi beneath my feet, <laughs> <laughs> please. Oh man, but yeah. Um, While we're on the subject of Christmas music, yeah, someone who loves the podcast sent me a an Andy Griffith. Griffith, Griffith, Andy Griffith, Griffith. mug, and I want to thank her. Her name's oh, cool. Her name's Lisa Miles. And uh, it's going to go a long way. But she said a PS that I, I'm really sad about. She says, Easy, Mark, and Oscar, please tell them they're awesome guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're sad about so that. So she's, yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Like so, guys, guys, you're awesome. Yeah, where's our, where are our mugs? 
That's what I want to know. You're wearing it. Uh, Hey, I got a question. Yeah. Mm. Easy. What's your what is your go to in and out order? You know, when you just want like a delicious, (laughs) juicy, meaty, cheesy. What what is your in and out order? Now I already had no respect for you. (laughs) Now it's negative respect, friends. I I am on a beautiful, glorious, wonderful, delightful diet. (laughs) <laughs> there's such a thing me crazy they say what helps with dieting is listen to christmas music and don't wear earphones <laughs> yeah they're trying to help you <laughs> that works well, hey yeah. i got a question too though um, since we're talking about in and out would you be willing to try a yes. double double oh. instead of the buns crispy cream donuts uh, on I, you side. know what i've seen that okay, before would you be willing to try i that? would try it i don't know if i'd like it you're though. joking right oh that sounds so good <laughs> have you ever had a have you ever had a burger <laughs> with uh like a, an egg on top Yes, like was that lo- loco moco? What is it? I don't know, hey guys. For you it to ask good. that question, it's like saying, "Have you ever drunk milk?" In New Zealand, almost all the burgers have eggs in them. Really, what? fried egg? Yeah, it's no. great. just right on top of the patty. No, no, it goes inside the bun, on top of the patty. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah on it's top great. Of the patty. That's just. I want to try. It. I've never had it before. It's normal. Yeah, good thing I never ate a burger in New Zealand. Do or they crack they? the shell first, or do they just stick it's it right just the in there? Whole shell, <laughs> okay. crunch away. Yeah. So, Oscar, why would you torment me like that? Yeah, well, you never answered the question. Okay, I'll try without punching you. Double, double, no onions, add pickles and ketchup. And, you know, I get Easy, it. why do you torture your kids? And what I mean by that is they actually like grilled onions. <laughs> they come over to you my know, house. got them on that was you, onion yes, man. Yes, they come over to my house and they appreciate the onions that we put like in every meal. Yeah, onions, onions are wicked, evil, despicable. Hang on, they're f- the favorites of the is- Israelites. They, they love the onions. Yeah, the leeks and the onions. Yeah, yeah that's a good indication. Egypt, wickedness, <laughs> evil. We will start a meal with uh, onions without having a clue where we're going to go after that. Don't you guys do <laughs> grilling the onions. <laughs> don't you I guys love do multiple onions. forms of onions, like grilled and, Why and just good. Yeah. white? All right, so here's a question whatever. for you, Oscar. I, I like it. Uh, if I was at In-N-Out and I said, I'll take a double-double with all four types of onions, what would be the onions? I would imagine raw, grilled. Do they have it like the... Sautéed? Can you saute Is there green onions? onions? Caramelized? What? Oh, you guys are adorable. Oh. What is the other two? Yeah, so there's grilled onions, chopped grilled onions. Yeah, if you say you want say grilled chopped, onions, okay. chopped. Whatever. Right, so grilled onions is just chopped grilled onions. onions. And then if you want raw onions, it's just a, they're the whole uh-huh, slice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But then there's diced onions. And then there's whole grilled onions. So instead of getting the dice like you normally get, you can get a whole. So my son Noah says, I'll take all four types of onions. Does he really? He does. I'm like, wow, He's good thing you're married. married. Yeah. That's why. That, that must, yeah. He's I not worried about getting Jessica a woman. About that. That's disgusting. You just give them to your wife. Okay. Easy. I am a bit of a hypocrite, though, because the only, th- I do eat onions. The only thing I can eat onions is it's tabbouleh. And tabbouleh. Yeah. Because I think the parsley and the lemon and oil cancel it out. I don't know. So we've got a program coming up, a YouTube channel, on the YouTube channel, on in and out and how Christian, yes. how Christian they are and how they have Bible verses on their packaging. It's, it's, it's really great. That's right. Friends, we have a comment. Oh, by the way, Oscar. Yes, sir. Um, are you ashamed of the fact that you drink tea every evening now? I love tea. Mr. Coffee Man? I love tea. Christian oh. Rob. Christian Rob got me into it. We were on a snowboarding trip in Mammoth. 
Yeah, and the one I didn't go on because my house was burning. On fire, yeah. So we left yeah. you behind to deal with that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, at night before bed, he made tea and I drank it and I thought it was amazing. And so it's a part of my nightly nice. wind down as I drink tea or read a book and then I fall asleep. It shows how backward right? the United States is. New Zealand is a tea drinking tea and we have egg in our burgers. <laughs> Put egg in your tea. Egg oh. in the throat. Don't okay. knock it till you try it. We have a comment from Pastor... Gahunger. No, wait. <laughs> Pastor G. Hunter. Brother. Did you say. <laughs> <laughs> a man on a diet reads Hunter's Hunger. Gahunger. <laughs> that's what I did. That's, oh, that's terrible. Funny. Oh, I'm starving. Okay. And, his, and his, his wife, Burger. <laughs> Burger Hunter. Yeah. Brothers in Christ. I love that Christ remains the focus of the show, but he is presented through the banter of four brothers in Christ. I laugh at the way they joke with each other, even as I rejoice at what they preach. Yeah! But you know, another uh, you, uh, word Pastor for banter Hunter. is stupidity. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, ignorance. Thank you for that, Pastor G. Hunter, which makes me hunger. <laughs> Send me some food, please. All right, guys, this podcast is brought to you by The Tracked Sample Pack, one of our favorites, isn't it? Yes, it's full of uh, tracks, the sample pack. (laughs) (laughs) Sample tracks. Friends, look, maybe you've been listening to us for a long time. You've heard us talk about evangelism. You've heard us talk about tracks, but you've never done it. In fact, someone wrote in, maybe it was on the episode we posted on YouTube, and they said that they spend hours in devotion every day, but they've been having a hard time getting out and sharing the gospel. And so, look, just do what Ray does and don't think Go and do it. Rain never thinks, especially about sharing the gospel. But just do it. And get the sample pack. It'll show you what we have, and you get that. And don't forget the Evidence Study Bible. And we have a new little tract in there telling you how to give out tracts. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's a tract for the tract giver. It is. Yeah. At livingwaters.com. All right, guys. We're turning to actually a more sober topic today. We're talking about the fragility of life. And actually, this topic, Ray, was suggested by you because we were going through a season of so much tragedy around us, not just in our nation, but a lot of us dealing with family members that have been passing away, different tragedies in our lives. And I think you were on point to say, hey, we need to talk about this on the podcast. Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has a hundred dollars. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Life is very fragile. I was, uh, I thought, I felt in my spirit it sounds very mm. spiritual, to call yeah. Mark to see how he was. And he answered the phone. I said, how you doing, Mark? He said, did Easy tell you to call me? I said, no, I just felt to call. And he says, I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. He just about gave me a heart attack. This is about three weeks ago. And I said, what are you doing? 
He says, I'm driving my car. I said, no, no, no. A heart attack is when you fall on the ground. There's paramedics and there's red lights flashing. You can't be having a heart attack when you're, uh, when you're driving your car. But um, so, Mark, fill us in. Yeah, n- not that I was having a heart attack. It was funny. I went in for my annual physical uh, that I do every three, four years. Mm. Annual, annual physical. <laughs> and I was telling him that I was having some uh, chest pains. And he said, well, let's do uh, an EKG. Did an EKG. Comes back and he says... So, uh, you, you had a heart attack. <laughs> and I said, what? Was it from my in and out No, I did not say that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it started maybe making sense because of these pains that I was having inside my chest. In fact, he was looking at the, uh, the EKG and he goes, he goes, wow, you know, I've actually never seen readings like this before. Mm. Y'all, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And was he a new doctor or something? No, <laughs> <laughs> he was twelve. Uh, you're He's my 12. first patient. Uh, doctor, was it Dougie? Who's what's Dougie Hauser? Dougie Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a savant. So you know, we're, we're there sitting there and we're talking. And then we start talking about other things. Like there's other things to talk about, and I didn't even understand that. I'm thinking, wait, can we go back to the heart attack aspect? <laughs> Seriously, he just kind of yeah. Like, he started talking about other yeah, things. Heart attack. Oh, would you have for lunch today? <laughs> <laughs> He says, I need to have you see a neurologist and everything else. So as we were talking and I said, so like, where do we go from here? So Mark, when he told you about that you got a, started having a heart attack, did your heart rate go up? I actually laughed. You did? I did. I, I laughed, which I think you and I kind of do. And Rachel does it too, yeah. you know, when you're not supposed right. to. So I, I, I kind of laughed and I said, so what exactly does that mean? And he says, you know, I'm not sure. We need to do a stress test instead of doing the treadmill one. He's just uh, given you a stress test. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. That he needs to give me some sort of a, um, I don't know, chemical inside my body. It speeds my heart up and then uh, throws some sort of a chemical dye, Yeah, you know, to see, you know, what, what dye. happens. <laughs> <laughs> dye, heart attack. And I said, so then what? I mean, what? he's all, well, listen, if your chest pains increase, just go to the ER. And then it just, you're like all up in your head at that moment, oh, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's like, Take okay, th- that doesn't feel normal. Well, needless to say, I, I three, four hours later, easy, you convinced me to go to uh, uh, the ER. And I, we have a friend, uh, Dave Downs, and he yeah. called up a cardiologist, a friend of his, and the cardiologist read my, my paper. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he should, he should go in. Just have him go to the ER and see what's going to happen. Yeah. So I went in. They did some tests, and... The um, triage doctor said, all right, so you definitely did not have a heart attack, but you definitely have something going on with your heart. Uh. We don't know what that is, and you're not having a heart attack uh, right now, so that's good. So we need to uh, do some tests. And to do those tests, just keep the appointments with uh, your doctor. And uh, yeah, so some sort of a... Something weird. It's obviously not an urgent matter because they haven't told you to come in immediately. Yeah, I I think... <laughs> <laughs> there goes Mark. I was yeah. gonna say they had to discover I, saying, I a... thought I thought myself, Mark, you can't go. You're two thirds of an insulting easy machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, man. I, I want my money back because I shed some tears for nothing. Oh. I, I really, it really made me. Emotional. I believe it. You're like that, you know, because I get the text and I'm like, heart attack. I mean, I, you know, it's like you just you don't fit the bill. You know, and well, good looking. I mean, the Wiener Schnitzel, the yes. Wiener all Krispy Kreme, yeah, the BJ's pizza, <laughs> you know, the Wiener, the nine onions that he yeah, has in the morning. But it seems like every other day, Mark, you talk about wanting to eat healthy. You know, so in my mind, I'm deceived <laughs> that you do. I, I talk about eating healthy. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know you do. You have a glass of green slime. I, that, that I do, and I'm drinking hot tea right now. Is, oh, oh okay. so healthy. <laughs> yeah, but oh. you know, seriously though, I, it really. 
because I just started to think about you and how how you know how much you mean to me. I'm like, could Mark die? You know, and I felt the same with Oscar. That about, about six months ago, you called and said something happened to me while I was driving, and I pulled oh, yeah. over. What gives? Tell us about that, Mister Fragile. Yeah. Mister Fra- <laughs> Yeah, what? I went to the emergency room. Oh, because I was having a a very unique kind of pain. And I had called, so what happened was I called my primary care physician and they take you through a list of questions and depending on how you answer them, tells them whether they can make an appointment two weeks, you know, in two weeks or whether you need to go now. And so I get to the end of the line of questioning and they're like, you need to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't, I must have misspoke. It doesn't hurt that bad. And they're like, no, 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 you need to go to the emergency room right now. So I'm like, okay. So I go to the emergency room. Mind you, I had uh, worked out that morning. And now I'm on the phone and I'm like going right to the emergency room. So I didn't eat breakfast. And so now I'm stuck at the emergency room. You said a couple hours. I was there for eight hours, if I remember correctly. And I didn't realize that I hadn't eaten anything. I didn't have any water. And I was already working in a calorie deficit for the week. And so eight hours of just waiting and waiting. And they finally, they do like an ultrasound and I'm waiting for the results. And I go, Hey, uh, do we have anything on the results? And they're like, well- It's a boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and they said something like, I don't have the results yet, but it's not urgent. And so I so, say, okay, so then can I go home? And she's like, well, uh, technically you're not supposed to, but yeah, you should go home. So I get in my car, <laughs> I'm driving down the freeway and I feel like I'm about to pass out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the wherewithal to pull over. And the last thing I remember is putting my car in park because I was pull, I pulled over and I like on the freeway and I remember thinking if I pass out and let go of the brake I'm gonna like roll back into the freeway so I hit the park button on my car and then I blacked out uh, and uh, that's right I forgot you blacked out yeah and so then I I woke up yeah. and I called to the hospital and they're like you need to come right back over here anyway it's a long story to say they did not need to send me to the emergency room it was not an emergency but I understand the line of questioning made it a value and then I started like getting scared because I thought there was something wrong with my body because I just blacked out, but it was my calorie deficit. I had burned like eight or 900 calories at the gym that morning and then went eight hours without eating or drinking anything. So I was stuck oh. at the ER and it uh, turns out that's not good for you. But what, <laughs> but so what caused it initially was the calorie deficit? deficit. Yeah. That's what originally caused what? No, no, no. The pain that I was having was a pain that I had for like a week or two. Oh, but they didn't uh, trace what that was? That they thought was just, oh, they, you know what it was? It was a, a cyst, which our bodies create cysts oh. and get rid of them all the time. Right. But this particular cyst lodged itself into a very specific area of my body that was very painful. Why didn't, why didn't you insist that they remove it? Uh, yeah. Well, my body removed on Boy, well, this own. is a serious yeah. program. I, I'd like to share what happened to me when I was 13. I fell over and I got a scar on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that sometimes, isn't it? It's funny though, you know, when, when you're talking to people that have gone through tragedies associated with the fragility or the frailty of life, people feel like they need to console you and they start to go into their stories. And sometimes it's like they have no clue. They start relating to something akin to almost what you shared, Ray, yeah. you know? It, and, what it's done for me is it made me realize how much I love Oscar and how much I love Mark. Yeah. It really, it really does. I oh, mean, yeah. Well, Ray, we went through that when you went through your kidney stone thing, mm, you know, because- mm. You had a hole in your back. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was impacted. I can't tell what happened, <laughs> but it, it was it, embarrassing. It was a hole. 
was, oh boy. You can read it in the description. Anyway, I thought this should be happening from the front, not the back. <laughs> Moving right along, friends. Yeah, the fragility of life, you know, it, it's, man, it's crazy how quick life can go. Some of our dearest friends, I think mm. of Dan Arnold, mm -hmm. right? You know, I, there's times I'll just think of Dan and I'll just break down again. He, I can hear his voice. He used to call up and call me the, the very Reverend Mr. Comfort and yeah. stuff like that. He was, one of, he was one of our original board members. I met him when he called up one day just out of the blue. He had been impacted by one of your books, was going to Israel on a trip with a private tour. A man of means, you know, very successful and... Purchased very, cowboy boots for me. Yeah, very godly. See over the top of them. Went to, went to Israel with him, and then just became so close. And then he became a part of our board. And and then one day, I, I, I was on. Our, we were on our way to an event where he was going to meet us. Mm -hmm. And I get a text in the airport or a call. I think you called me, and you said Dan just died. I, I just I sat there and I'm crying in the airport, you know, and. Mm. And then Tucker, Tucker Shork, another mm. one of our board members. You want you know? to become a board member? I know, yeah, right. Become a board member. <laughs> Just give us a call. The yeah. life expectancy of our board members. <laughs> you know, but our dear brother Tucker too, you know, same thing. Just a, a sudden heart attack and and I had just been in contact with them. And so, yeah. What I, do we, how do we, how does that inform the way we live? Oh, it's huge. And I, I think there's a misunderstanding of Psalm 23, which speaks of, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And people think that is speaking of death when it's speaking of the opposite. It's not speaking of death. It's speaking of life. This life is the valley of the shadow of death. If you're in the shadow of something, you're not in its substance. You're in close proximity. If you're in the shadow of a wall, you're not in the wall. You're just very close to the wall. And we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This life mm. is the valley of the shadow of death. And it says of the gospel and the birth of Jesus, to them that sat in the valley of the shadow of death, a light has sprung up. And so what light does is it dissipates the darkness. And that's what Jesus does when it comes to death. He mm. destroys it of its power. Yeah. You know, Johnny Erickson Tata had a quote where she said, uh, you know, we are all pilgrims who are walking on a tightrope. Well, you better say what, sh what her condition is because... On, on July 30th, 1967, Johnny Erickson Tata, she misjudged the shallowness of the Chesapeake Bay and she dove headfirst and she became a quadriplegic, not able to move from her shoulders down. Wow. And she said, we are pilgrims who are walking on a tightrope between heaven and earth. We feel trapped in time, yet we have eternity beating in our hearts. Our unsatisfied sense of exile is not to be solved or fixed while we are here on earth. And our pain and our longings make sure that we will never be content in this world. But that's a good thing. Hmm. It is to our benefit that we do not grow comfortable in a world that is destined for decay. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I wrote about her in, in my book. I opened one of my chapters. What's the name of the book? Uh, Fight Like a Man, A Bold Biblical Battle Plan for Personal Purity, coming in yeah. 2094. Yeah. Um, yeah. 367 <laughs> chapters long. Yeah. Uh, but I, I opened a chapter talking about her because, you know, where it talks about in Hebrews, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And then it, it goes into, it had gone into in chapter 11, all the heroes of the faith and all that they endured. And I just talked about her, what her life circumstances were, and then I shared a quote from her about how she called her quadriplegia a gift and how it draws wow. as she gets up every morning and sends her to the feet of Jesus. <laughs> like, wow. You know, and and it's people like that that convict me, mm. you know, who have every reason to complain from a human 
humanistic perspective, you know, but who choose not to and who learn to, to understand the frailty of life and that eternity's coming. And when they speak, we listen because we know where they're coming from. Yeah. yeah. Someone like her. Yeah, Oscar, I, I want you to, to share some of the, your experiences because you've gone through a number of things. I mean, in terms of death, I mean, we've talked about your friend who lost their baby and and other things like that. Yeah, I was just- Your, your uh, sister, I mean, man. I was just uh, reading uh, D.A. Carson recently and, and he's talking about we're going to be talking about Lazarus in the next episode, which you're not supposed to know that. So sneak peek if you're listening <laughs> to this episode. Yeah. Um, but but he talks about how um, Jesus was was outraged at the condition of the world that we're in. Mm-hmm. And D.A. Carson puts it as like, we bury our parents. We watch them go through seasons of their lives where they start losing their mind. And then he says, we bury children. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to bury my my sister who was 21 years old, she was young and beautiful and had her entire life ahead of her. Uh, one of my best friends had to bury their baby who was not even a year old. Mm. We live in a world that is broken, that is not the way it was created to be. And when we experience these things, and you know what's interesting is about our modern culture is that we try to keep death at bay. Yeah. We try to ignore it and pretend like it doesn't exist. We like to think that we're gonna live forever. If you think about even the process of death, someone dies and people come and they whisk the body away and they prepare it. We we get rid of it as quickly as we can. We've got grave sites that are away from us. You know, we go to the grocery store and all the meat is prepackaged and done. This is a very unusual way of living. For most of human history, death was all around you. Mm. You hunted the, you know, you you knew that a life was taken in order for you to eat your meal because you were the one that took the life of the animal. When your loved ones passed away, no one came and whimsically took them away. You were the one that embalmed them. You were the one that carried them to their final gravesite. You were the one that dug the grave and buried them. You see, your hands were dirty with death. It reminded us that death, that we are walking in the valley of the shadow of death. And we like to pretend like we're not doing that. And death and and destruction is like this rude interruption in our lives, mm-hmm. but we need to pay attention to it. We, we need to recognize that our hearts are crying out, recognizing that this world isn't made the way it was supposed to. We're not supposed to lose our parents to dementia. Yeah. We're not supposed to bury our children. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the way the world was meant to be in the gospel. One sec. I have to wait. Sorry, guys. Siri's asking me to wait. The gospel is this promise that God is going to rearrange the world, that he's going to reconstruct it into what it was meant to be. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Ray's phone is having it's a It's not my phone. Pit. What is it? It's my iPad. It's oh. doing it. Alexander. <laughs> How do you turn an iPad off? Oh, boy. Welcome to real life, friends. With Ray Comfort. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so the promise Thanks, of the gospel is that, that God is going to reconstruct the world back into the way it was meant to be, back to the garden where there is no sickness, where there is no death, where we don't have to worry about losing our friends to heart attacks or burying our children. Mm-hmm. That is the promise that Christ has given us on the cross. Yeah. Amen. And this is a good reminder. You know, scripture tells us to number ourselves in the light of days. Mm-hmm. You know, not years. You know, I'm almost 51 years old, but I'm actually 18,608 days mm. old. That changes every day. 
Yes, sure. Right. And if we remind ourselves that we have an appointment with death, we want to make sure that every day counts. And I remember before I came to uh, uh, work today, I was uh, talking to my wife and I was looking at her in the eyes and I was just saying, may the Lord bless you and keep you today. Mm-hmm. May you redeem the time. And and that's what we need to do. We need to continually remind ourselves that we have an appointment with death, that this moment is all we have. I don't know who said it, but I'll say it now. Our heartbeats cannot be hoarded and our reservoir of breaths are draining away. Wow. Life is quick. You know, Ray, you've always said, I, I think it's original, I don't know, but that every one of our heartbeats is the drum beat. No, it's not. Okay, it's our own funeral march. Yes. Boy, that's always stood out in my mind, and it's come back to mind time and again, like, wow, that's so true. I mean, all of us do have a limited number of heartbeats, from the first one until the last one. It's mm. it's finite, you know? I think we're deceived in that. And I'll read a quote in, you know, in that regard in a second, but um, Ray, you... There's this thing you've shared. I don't know if you remember the details of it, but you talk about how we dress up death mm. and how, you know, we do you remember that? I remember it word for word. Can you share it, please? Yeah, yeah. I dropped a friend off at a crematorium recently. He was alive at the time. And as I sat there, I couldn't help but admire the garden at the crematorium. It was just beautiful, just beautiful roses. And then I had this pathway leading up to these nice wooden doors. And I thought, what a nice place to go to. And I went inside and they had beautiful seating. And when a guy came out, he didn't say someone had died, they'd passed. Mm. It wasn't a coffin, it was a casket. It wasn't a a hearse, it was a limousine. Mm. And they'd dress up death so that it makes you look forward to your death day. I mean, they've got, when you die, they give you a little plaque with your birthday on it and your death day on it, even get a little rose. Kind of makes you look forward to your time. No, a thousand (laughs) times no. Everything within us says this stinks. The word undertaker is a horrible Mm. word. You're talking about people burying their own ones, their loved ones. What we do now is we have an undertaker come and undertake for us so we don't have pain to bear, which is kind of good, but it's creepy at the same time. Mm. Hearses are creepy. When I see a hearse on the road, I think of some dead person in the back of that. Mm. And so all of us have this fear of death and we come to we come to Christ, we're able to handle it because faith helps us deal with the fear of death in the same way if we wear a parachute, our faith in the parachute helps us deal with the fear of jumping. The more faith we have in the parachute, the less fear we're going to have when we jump. The more faith we have in Jesus, the Savior, the less fear we'll have in the face of death. But my heart turns, I mean, we're talking about a subject the world would not like to talk about. We're facing it because we're Christians. We know that Jesus Christ has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. But my heart breaks beyond words for the unsaved who are standing on the edge of eternity without a parachute. Mm. That they live without Christ is bad enough. Their whole life is built on sand and storms are going to come, but they're going to pass through death and think death is fearful on this side. Wait till they get to the other side and Mm. face a holy God and a lake of fire. That that grieves my heart beyond words. And that's why Mark talks about numbering your days. You might apply your heart to wisdom. The wisest thing you can do is seek and save that which is lost and have a burden for people out there that are going through what we've been through, but they've got no foundation. They've got no rock. They've got no savior. They're in darkness and the grim reaper is right behind them. And that should stir our hearts. Yeah. Amen, Ray. We need that reminder constantly. I think sometimes we look at death, well, all the time through our own eyes as believers, but we don't pause to think about the futility of life for those that don't know Christ. 
You You're know? talking about futility of life. This whole generation has had a, a squeezed up Solomon experience. Solomon took many years to come to the conclusion after a thousand wives and all his riches mm. and seeing everything, he says, all is vanity. Right. But you can see everything via YouTube in about two hours. I mean, a horse that barks, a cat that yodels, you know, everything. Nothing surprises you. Nothing excites you if you keep looking at it, which is, I've, I get caught That's up on good. YouTube watching these things that are just incredible. But what it does is brings you to a point of not being able to laugh at something that's funny because you've seen everything is funny. If anything yeah. is weird, nothing is weird, nothing's fantastic. The excitement of life is kind of gone. Yeah. You know, you're still a teenager. And, and that should break our hearts also because they're saying vanity, vanity. And we've yeah. got an epidemic of suicide. Mm. People are just saying there's nothing to live for. So many people I say, say to me, do you think there's an afterlife? They say, no. I mm. say, this is it. It's just a... You live, you love, you get rich, you get, you lose your money, your mum and dad die. Yeah, it's just it. You're dead, you're dead. Yeah. What a futile existence. You know, you bring up a really good point because earlier I asked, what do we do in light of the fragility of life? And I think the Westminster Catechism question one gives us an indication that there's two things that we do. And you've mentioned one, the Westminster Catechism question is, what is the chief end of man? Mm -hmm. And the answer is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm. And that glorifying, I think an aspect of that is living out a righteous life and uh, uh, proclaiming the gospel to the lost, which is what you talked about. What do we do in, the, in light of fragility? Is we glorify God by living out righteous lives, by proclaiming the truth of the gospel to others so that they could look forward to the other side of death. Yeah. The other part of that though, enjoy him forever, that's an important aspect of living in the fragility of life as well. Uh, I was reading, I, I know I've mentioned this book before, but again, it was my favorite theological book that I read in 2022. Yes, we're in 2023 now, which was Makoto Fujimori's Theology of Making. And in the book, he talks about how often we think heaven is this faraway place in the clouds, but as you read the scriptures, heaven is drawing near to us. And he points out how there's these little moments, like these hiccups, these heavenly hiccups in which God reveals his grace to us. Mm. And it's a sign of something good and beautiful and true. And we, you know, we experience these in the big moments of lives, like on our wedding day or um, holding our newborn baby for the very first time. These are heavenly moments. These are hiccups in which God's kingdom is revealing itself on earth as it is in heaven, but it's not just those big moments. It's also like the other day I was sitting on, on, on my couch and I got stuck reading something. Being confessional here in that moment, I was a bit agitated because it was a little loud in my house and I was in the middle of reading something. Mm. But then I look up and I see that my family are like busting up in laughter. You know, they're like all three of my kids and my wife are laughing at something like silly and cute the dog did. And I realized, man, like the fragility of life is like, what do I want to do? Spend my, my, my afternoon with my nose in a book mm -hmm. or enjoy the blessing that God has given me right here in my living room. Here is this heavenly hiccup. And if I'm not paying attention, I'd miss out on it. I miss out on this in opportunity to enjoy God forever in all the gifts that he's given me. Wow, that's so good. You know, uh, John Piper, in talking about living for God's glory, he said, if you do not see God in his glory, you will be mesmerized by fireworks. <laughs> if you can't see the sun, well, then you'll be satisfied with flashlights wow. and streetlights. Your life will be filled with shadows, mirages, 
and short-lived pleasures. Oh, That's good. So true. You, you know, it's a huge revelation to the ungodly to uh, find out what causes death. We don't think about that much. But what, what is it that causes death? Ask an unsaved person. Well, death is, a, is wages that God pays you for your sins. Oh. And like a judge looks at a criminal who's committed multiple murders. He says, I'm, I'm paying you in the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what's due to you. Mm. And so it's very important for us as Christians, and it really helps me to understand this, that death and sin are bedfellows. They go hand in hand. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sins, it shall die. Lust brings forth sin. Sin, when it's conceived, brings forth death. Mm. So if we can't hate sin for what it is, we must hate it for what it does. Oh, that's Mm. good. Amen. I love this Psalm, Psalm 39, 45. Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but vapor. Mm. Selah. Oh, that is a Selah moment, you know? Every man- What's it got his... to do with sailors? <laughs> <laughs> it's the accent, Ray. Seriously though, every man at his best state is but vapor. Yeah. The greatest of men. You know, I think about these big potentates and emperors and, and these- politicians that strut across the stage of life and yes arnold shrunk (laughs) they need to put that in every fitness place where people got to work out and i know you guys are godly and you do work out they should just put it up on the wall just those two words arnold shrunk (laughs) bodily exercise profits little he just the grape went to a raisin and and that's what's going to happen to all of us you right. know, and every man in his best state, and Arnold was just the absolute best state you could get in when it comes to a physical body. Mm. But it's a, it's a vain show. It's just a matter yeah. of time. And, and so rather exercise yourself to godliness. So go to the gym, but and like you guys do, just exercise yourself to godliness because godliness with contentment is great gain. Amen. Mm. Yeah. Listen to this quote by Thomas Adams. He said, all are like actors on a stage. Some have one part and some another. Death is still busy amongst us. Here drops one of the players. We bury him with sorrow. And to our scene again, then falls another. Yea, all, one after another, till death be left upon the stage. Death is that damp which puts out all the dim lights of vanity. Yet man is easier to believe that all the world shall die than to suspect himself. Well, when was that written? Is that from an, a Puritan? Yeah, that was. Uh, it's from a Puritan uh, golden treasure. See how he mentioned about putting out the lights? We kind of think of a light switch, but they used to go snuff, snuff it out. Yeah. Snuff, snuff it out. Which is what death snuffs out. Wow, yeah. Powerful. I think he makes a really good point here. You know, it's that, what I call that invincibility complex. Yeah. That we we don't really, really believe we're going to die. Right. We know it intellectually, but we live as if though we're immortal. And it, it's crazy, you know? I, I, we just buried my, my precious aunt that, that was like radically dear to me. It was this week, right? Or was it last yeah, week? Yeah, just a, a couple days ago, yeah. And we, um, you know, she she and my uncle were the ones that brought us here from Lebanon, mm. sponsored us and... Ever since I was a kid, you know, they, they, they were just always there for us. She was the sweetest, most loving woman you could imagine. And I'm sitting there at the funeral and I'm just thinking, I saw her less than 24 hours before she passed. And, you know, she was dying of cancer, but she was lucid. She was clear in her communication. I mean, we had a conversation. Hmm. And then less than 24 hours later, I get, I get the text that she passed, you know. 
and she was cremated. My uncle had been cremated, but she had his urn at the house. And then my cousins, my two cousins, they got a, a place where, I don't know what they call it, but they put them in, in a wall. And so there they were, my uncle and aunt, they were reduced to, to ashes in an urn, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of times now when I, when I see certain people, this thing comes to mind to freeze frame them and just to remember how quick life is that they could be gone. How am I interacting with them? What am I saying to them? Mm. You know, am I making a big deal out of something that means nothing? Not earphones. No earphones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we think about life in terms of, oh, they're going to get a disease and die and I'm going to get to say my last words to them, but we don't know. They're going to walk out the door and it's going to be the last moment. How many times does that happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we need to be mindful of that. And um, Mark... So the world says when it comes to fragility... The fragility of life, someone gets the revelation, they lose a loved one, they, all they can do is say, hug your loved ones. They've yeah. got no consolation. Right. Mm. And uh, again, my heart breaks for them. Yeah. Mark, you have a, a very powerful and important message called Don't Waste Your Dash. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit? And this comes from you being a racer, right? Yeah. <laughs> dash to the finish. An eraser? Yeah, 50-yard dash. Oh. <laughs> The whole idea is, you know, we all have that little line between the day we were born and the day we're going to die. And a million years from now, those those lines are going to be insignificant in size. It doesn't matter if you live to be 20 or 120 years old. Things here are passing away and they're passing quickly. And so I try to encourage people inside that message to uh, realize and recognize that God knows. God knows everything you're going through and everything that's happening to you. You don't need to be in control because God is in control. He's working all things together for your good and for his glory. He knows you personally. He knows you physically. He knows you prophetically. He sees you on that last day, just like he saw you on that first day. And so he's infinitely patient with us as we trek through this thing called life. Uh, I talk about being faithful with the small things, because truth be told, there is no such thing as a small thing. That small thing in your life is the biggest thing that God is requiring of you. And to uh, remember that every public failing that we see is the result of a thousand private failings. When we think that nobody's looking, but the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch of the good as well as the evil. And then it culminates to a place of knowing that you're here to share the gospel, right? R.A. Torrey said, to win men to the acceptance of Jesus Christ is the sole reason why we are left here on this planet. So to make sure our life counts is to make sure you're living for that which counts, Mm. which is eternity, not just the temporal. Yeah. Mm. And finishing well is so key in that regard. And it's not about accolades. It's not about people celebrating you. It's about being faithful to the Lord. I remember when Rachel and I were watching Ray's wife's mom grandma, we all affectionately call her, and on a video, and she was sharing her wisdom with her granddaughter for whom they were doing a, a rite of passage in New Zealand. I remember as we were watching that, Rachel just started to bawl her eyes out, and she just looked at her grandma, and the words that came out of her mouth so touched me. She just said, she is so godly. She is so godly. And I thought, man, what a legacy. I mean, if there's anything that I would want to be said about me, it it would just be that. Just that I I live for the Lord, that I love God, Mm -hmm. you know, and that that I honored him in my life. And so, 
She was also a great cook. <laughs> she was. <laughs> the, the cookies and cake she made. I had her just... pavlova in New Zealand, yeah, and it was yeah. delicious. What was her saying? Don't be glum. There's more to come. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And so I think we just you know, need to remember that we need to finish well and that we are just vapor. Psalm 62.9, surely men of low degree are a vapor. Men of high degree are a lie. If they are weighed on the scales, they are altogether lighter than vapor. Wow. Again, you were talking about that, right? The great and the small. And then Jonathan Edwards really drove it home. He said, death serves all alike. As he deals with the poor, so he deals with the rich. Is not odd at the appearance of a proud palace, a numerous attendance, or a majestic countenance, pulls a king out of his throne and summons him before the judgment seat of God with a few compliments and as little ceremony as he takes the poor man out of his cottage. Death is as rude with emperors as with beggars and handles one with as much gentleness as the other. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whew. I mean, what more can you say about that? Yeah. You know? So friends, we hope today you have been encouraged to think about you know, the fragility of life. Don't live like you're immortal because you're not. That day is coming. And at the same time, as a believer, don't fear death because you understand that that's the doorway into eternity, but make it count and fear death for those who don't fear death and don't know Christ and be a light to them. And, and number your days, right? Remember to number your days. You've heard that quoted here. And remember what James 4, 13 to 16 says as well, that your life is but a vapor. It's here for a moment, and then it's gone. We need to live with a mindset that incorporates God and integrates Him into every aspect of life, because He is the author of life, and He should be our everything. So there you have it, friends. Don't forget to check out the tracked sample pack and the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. Remember to leave us comments, give us a rating, and uh, yeah, also email us at podcast at livingwaters.com. We've been getting a lot of great emails to that address and uh, a lot of encouragement. So keep that up. And remember to join us here next time on the Living Waters podcast, where... Even though today was a good one, we still have no idea what we're doing. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Willen Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.